It really is people's impression of you in that first month that'll sort of stick around long time. And if you don't have a good first impression in your first month, it's damn hard to come back from in months two, three, four, and five. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% savings for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar, at filex.com.au. Head of PT for Good Life Health Clubs, Pete Gleeson, knows what PTs need to do in their early days in order to build a long and successful career. In conversation with the Fitness Industry Podcast's Oliver Kitchingman, he expounds on the importance of leading by example, focusing on the golden prospects on the gym floor before you spend a cent online, becoming an appointment addict, and using champion networks to tell your story and build your reputation. Welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ollie. Excited to be here. I do apologize for sounding like Froggy or Frogger from the Little Rascals, but been here in Filex in Sydney talking for the last five days. So if I do sound like a 15-year-old boy at some stage, I do apologize. But thanks for having me all the same. Great to have you here. Pete, can you just tell us a little bit about your background in the fitness industry and what your current role involves? Yeah, sure. So uh, close to 18 years ago, I started as a gym instructor. Really enjoyed it, writing programs, cleaning up the gym, wiping down the treadmills. You know, in a gym that had sort of 3,000 members and there was a couple of gym instructors, a couple of trainers. So having a good old time, probably not earning a lot of money, but just having a great time. Sort of got a little jealous of, of the PTs, having probably more, you know, more fun with the clients, making sure they're sort of helping out people to a greater level than me just writing programs. No disrespect to just be writing mm-hmm. programs, but did say I could sort of help out people a bit more if I got into PT. Talked to the club manager about how do I go about it and, you know, he sort of gave me the old uh, solution of just walk the floor, pick up clients and found it pretty difficult. But after a little while, we developed a few strategies to contact our new members, look after people that weren't using their programs anymore, sort of got involved in a little bit of group fitness, taking spin class and abs class. The spin class was ran via a tape, so I had to actually write down a little counter of where all the songs were and bits and pieces. So taking spin was really really cool and after a few years worked into from pt into pt manager mm-hmm. and then take on a, a new club where we started the independent business operator model so i was a pt manager of a new club with a new plan of attack which was to sort of have a contractor where they look after their own business and from there we developed from having sort of one club looking after that sort of style of of pt program into four into, into then 10 i was a national manager at that point and then a state manager with good life and good life sort of acquired the brand i was with and to now, the current role, there's 85 or so clubs with a couple more ready to open. And, you know, I've gone from looking after one PT, being myself, PT manager, looking after 15 trainers, to now, I wouldn't say looking after it because they look after themselves, but the Good Life brand has got 1,450 personal trainers. Through overseeing, the, overseeing. Overseeing, absolutely overseeing. But at the end of the day, look, they are their own business operators. Yep. They've all got a fitness director they sort of lean to on support. And then the greatest people that I work along with, which is our regional fitness directors who are constantly encouraging our fitness directors. So it might sound like a pyramid, but it's an organisational structure and, you know, the title is Head of Personal Training. But reality is, what do I do? I really just want to help new PTs, struggling PTs or PTs that want a little bit more out of their business. I just really want to help them 
to get a client base. I think once they've got that client base, they become sort of their own operator and they really find their feet and they'll become great trainers from experience more so than anything. But I just don't like the idea that PTs don't get their clients because there's plenty of opportunity out there, like hundreds of thousands of members that would love to, to utilize the service of a PT. So if we can find that sort of connection across the abyss, get those people doing PT, happy days. So, I mean, this is it's all about getting clients when you're a new PT. This is this is a big thing for you, obviously, because, you know, when you're looking or when you're overseeing, sorry, this many PTs, you want you want them to be doing well and staying with you guys for as long as possible, staying in the industry, getting that traction, that really that all important traction in the first month or two. And I know that you're a big advocate of giving stuff away, giving in the first month or so, just giving everything you've got to try and set the foundations for a, a long and successful future. And that, that, Maybe goes against what some people say with the, you know, the, the, you don't want to devalue your services by giving them away for free, but you've got a bit of a different stance on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a gym environment, and this would be different to a studio or a boot camp or a factory or, you know, home gym, but I think in the gym environment where majority of people, and I'm not going to put an exact number, but I'm going to say it's around 99% of the members that join are looking for gym access. Gym access, they can use the treadmills, the weights, the pin loaded, the group fitness if there is group fitness. If it's 24-7 or not, but that's generally why people are joining the gym, yet we've got trainers in there that have got a different opinion. Those trainers, you know, being one myself, only up until recently, we really want to get those members training with us regularly because we know that that's going to be the crux of them getting the results. So it's a different type of prospective market that there will be an element of try before you buy. Just like walking into a car lot, you want to have a test drive. Just like, you know, going sort of house inspecting, you're not going to stand out on the lawn and just look at the house and go, oh, I reckon that'd be all right. You want to walk in there and have a you know check it out. And a number of other industries and products and services all around the world in all different fields of work, there is got to be that element of try before you buy. And now, as a PT goes, it could sound like complimentary personal training session. It could be initial consultation. I like to sort of you know even water it down even further in the gym environment. And I want to help you out with your program. I want to help you out with your training plan. And sort of that is my time for free because, as I said, gym members are there and they want that full service already. And that full service, even from when I started, is, you know, looks exactly like a, a gym instructor. So as a personal trainer goes, in your first month, and I look, I say 30 days for free, but in your first maybe sort of two months, you might be thinking, oh, my Lord, I'm not really, you know, profiting from this whole venture and being a PT. And that's okay. I'm going to tell you that's okay, providing you can still survive and actually work on a few things which are going to get those clients. So look, in that first month especially, give away as much as you possibly can. Because when you don't have clients that are converting to dollars in the pocket, it isn't time, is money. It is like the, as much time as you can possibly give away and help people with writing their programs, assisting them with using the club, making phone calls, see how they're going with the training at the 30 and 60 day mark. Like there isn't so many things you could be doing then and it'll actually start to build up this prospective market of clientele. We know that it's around a 10 to 1 style ratio of you need to help out 10 people for one of them to become a client of yours. Now, out of the 10 people that you'll be attempting to help out, it's all going to be your time and it's not going to be paid. A number of them won't be interested at all in really even speaking to you and talking back about how their training's going. But as the sort of numbers go, you'll get around five or so that will actually book in an appointment to see you. Some won't show, which is, you know, the nature of free things. And I know you sort of asked the question earlier, you know, freebies. We try not to use the word freebies too much, but I really just want to help people whether they're paying for it or not. But there will be a sort of line in the sand where you say, look, I've got to, you know, to, for us to continue on with this relationship and me helping out with your training. Yep. 
this is the sort of cost involved. And that's, I mean, I don't want to go into sort of the sales elements of it all, but you can think about in your first month, there's four weeks, the general operator will do sort of 30 hours a week. I think you should really commit to around 50 hours a week plus if you can get the energy to work on it, which is about 200 hours worth of work, really trying to build your business like any other business that would open in any industry, they would absolutely go for it with the amount of hours they would do for free. But you think about what the return looks like in months two, three, four, six months onwards, one year onwards. So if you can set the foundations right initially, get a lot of people to know how much you care about them, then your actual results will come through for your business in time to come. But don't stress about month number one. You talk about a whole bunch of actions or behaviours that PTs can adopt in addition to giving away free time and information and advice in their first month. So a whole lot of things they can do to set the foundations for a solid career in the industry. One of these is a champion network. Can you tell, tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. Read a book by Dale Carnegie about how to win friends and influence people, and he'll say, tell you pretty quickly that don't worry about telling people about yourself. You find out about them. Now, the champion network idea flows on with that, that if you can actually find out about the best ambassadors in the club, and I'm talking your, your favourite receptionist or receptionists, mm-hmm. the membership consultants, which got a great following, group fitness instructors have got huge followings, PTs that have been there for quite some time have got a good client base. These are the people that will spread your story about how much of a nice guy or girl you are, how passionate you are about helping other people, You know, what's your philosophy on health and what sort of fitness training do you want to be doing? So if that's you trying to spread that story, it can pretty quickly be shut down by someone that's listening. So, you know, you might be saying that to a member. I reckon about a minute later, they've shut off. They're like, oh, yeah, big deal. I could have read your bio on, the, on your profile on the wall. They hear that story about you from someone else, especially a really well-respected person in that gym, then that story is going to sink in. And that's that member that's going to start to think, hey, I want to train with Ollie. Sounds fantastic. Versus the member where Ollie was out there trying to tell them all about their science degree and, you know, their marathon that just ran. They're going, oh, Ollie, he come and talk to me. He was a bit of a tool. Like he did, all he did was talk about himself. So spread your story via the other people and get to know those people. And as I said, the, the reception is absolutely awesome. There's no reception at your club. I'm sure there are other people in your gym to actually spread your story. That goes against the old, you know, here's my CV, here's my cover letter. Don't worry about that stuff. Your CV, your cover letter will be what other people know about you. You know, I think, and the last parts of all of this sort of champion network is golden gym members, the ones that are there every day, and they actually sometimes know more members than some of the staff do. Well, get to know them. Don't try to sell them personal training. Just pat them on the back, give them a hand, you know, yell out their name from across the gym. They're the people who start to love you more than you actually love yourself, and that's what we want. We want our gym members to see us as the famous person in the gym. In that first month, First impressions count. You know, it's not a sort of old seven-second rule, but it really is people's impression of you in that first month that'll sort of stick around long time. And if you don't have a good first impression in your first month, it's damn hard to come back from in month two, three, four, and five, and so on and so forth if you don't really get that first month right. Be up and about, be energetic, and help people, and people love you for it. Another thing that you'd say is that tidiness can be a really important tool and it wouldn't be an action that most people would consider as being relevant to maybe getting more clients when you're a PT. But I know you've got another interesting take on that. I don't know if it's an interesting take. I thought it was an obvious one. So as a personal trainer, your storefront, if you were to sort of open up a, a shop in a you know popular strip in your, uh, in your local town, you'd want the storefront to look pretty nice and neat and clean, well-painted, 
Otherwise, everyone's going to go straight past your store and they're probably not going to come in there. All right, so think of you as a personal trainer. Your storefront is you walking around the club. Keep it tidy, keep it neat. Something about sort of the old, uh, if you've smelt something for 30 seconds, you can no longer smell it. The same thing goes for your body odor. You're going to make sure you are clean, you are neat, you're presentable. And if you've had a workout, you've had your shower, you've put your deodorant on, but you're actually your storefront roaming around all the time. Now, my view on all of that might so important, and others may disagree, is that it shows that you care. Now, if you care about your own appearance, you, you make it as good as you can on the day. That means doing you know, all the little things, which would be check yourself in the mirror just before you, you leave home to go to the gym. Just check yourself a little bit. It'll show that you care about that, which also flows on to, into that you'll care about other people. Now, if you care about other people, that's the crux of personal training. You know, those members want to see, want to PT. If they're going to use the service of PT, they're going to use the service of PT that cares. If you don't care about yourself, I don't know how you're going to care about others. Completely. I mean, do you think that, I mean, that the fact that you, this is something that almost needs to be encouraged. Do you think that a lot of PTs maybe think that it's not part of their role to be going around tidying up things that their clients haven't, you know, mess that their clients haven't made or that they haven't made? It might be or, I know, beneath them or not part of their job description. Is it going over and above what a lot of trainers might do as standard, do you think? No, okay, so yeah, this is like tidy yourself, but this is about tidying the gym. Yeah, tidying the gym. Oh, tidying the gym shows you care about your workplace. If you don't tidy the gym, people yeah. will see that you don't care about the workplace. It's your storefront, like your own personal appearances, as you were just saying before. Absolutely. Yeah. Where, where you operate as a personal trainer, it is your shop. That's what you do. You know, you don't want to be going to a supermarket and everyone's just, you know, everything's on the floor and just sort of hanging around at the end of the aisles and. You want to go into a supermarket where everything's up on the shelf ready to go. Same thing is with the gym. Now, it might not seem like it's your job, but it's going to be your workspace. And what I love about seeing personal trainers cleaning up the gym, and I always say cleaning, it's not sort of wiping things and making sure the spray and wipes out. It's just tidying up a few things, putting a step away, unloading your barbell. It's the greatest icebreaker to talk to members. If you were to say, to, you know, if there's a PT manager saying to a new trainer, hey, just go and walk the floor, and it's great, good way to pick up clients. That type of approach can be a little bit too confronting for the member. Yeah. If I was to say to the trainer, I want you just to walk around, just tidy a few things because you're going to be working there. You're probably going to be writing someone a program or doing a PT session soon. Just go around and tidy a few things because otherwise you're just going to sit in the member's lounge and probably not look that interested or not that busy and really don't care about your workspace. But as you do go around and start tidy things, it is your easiest way to talk to the members. You can ask them, hey, can I unload that barbell for you when you're finished? It's the easiest icebreaker for them to see you cleaning and tidying up. They're the members that are actually stay straight away to, oh, it's nice to see people tidying up the weights. And for me, that is kind of the most important part to it all. Yes, it's good to have a nice, safe, clean gym. And it's great when people do that, gym members and trainers alike. But the element of making sure that we have trainers that are connecting with members is where the conversation will start and turn into something else along the lines of how's your training going? Do you mind if I actually have a look at your program? Can we update it? First step. I mean, following on from that, the you are your own storefront. You talk about fitness as well. You would hope that personal trainers have got their own personal fitness regime. But you talk about the way that this can also work to, if it's done in a visible way, in front of clients or in front of members or potential clients, that it can also serve as marketing for their services. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean... Training in the club and training in and around where when members can see you training is important in part. Nothing like the importance of being staying fit for 
what a personal training job will entail. It is going to be early mornings. It's going to be sort of split shift and it might be late nights and there might be a sort of six and seven days a week. There might be lots of phone calls, might be lots of follow-ups, there might be lots of text messages, there might be lots of tidying the gym for nothing. There is a lot going on to build your business, a lot going on to develop a, a big bunch of tribe of people that really want to do PT with you if they're given the opportunity. For me, building up that sort of 100 to 200 people that they know a little bit about your training style and your sort of your personal why, that's going to take time and energy. Now, that time and energy is not going to last too long if you aren't personally fit yourself. And I'm saying super fit, and I'm not having to say you need to be super lean. Some people will see a sort of little comment of, as a new PT, you better make sure you stay fit. The first thought might be that, oh, that's because trainers should be in super shape. They should be shredded and a bit of an Adonis. I disagree. I really disagree. I mean, yeah, that's great, but it's nowhere near a necessity. But having enough energy to, to put the work in at 5 o'clock in the morning and at 9 o'clock at night and run a little bit on sleep deprivation now and again needs you to have to be fit and healthy. So training your clubs, short, sharp workouts, to stay on top of those little things, health-related, hydration-related, get your food right, stay fit. It's going to help you in the long run to be a really solid, energetic operator. I mean, good rules for life in general, whatever your career, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're a chief editor for a network, I'm sure. You need to stay fit and healthy and on top of things and stay upright. Absolutely. Good rules. You also advise becoming an appointment addict. Now, that probably sounds scarily like admin to a lot of PTs, and we know that admin and working on the business side of, of things isn't necessarily a strong suite for a lot of trainers. So how does that fit in? I didn't think it was a negative, but we'll... we'll <laughs> do love the concept of appointments. It's the personal training service up and running, so the trainer that's got their 20 to 25 clients mm-hmm. does the 30 to 40 sessions, has a really nice routine mm-hmm. job. They know that they go in, you know, into the weekend fairly stress-free about their business. That's the type of trainer we'd like to encourage all of our new ones to become. And hopefully those that are listening along to this sort of pod- podcast, they're in that mind frame as well. They're like, you know, I don't want the sort of cancellation rates and I don't want to know what my next week looks like. Now, a good PT will be strong with their appointments. It's They will sell their, their personal training product generally for time. You'll see any group fitness timetable, it's either the 30, 45 or 60 minute class. Mm. All PT sessions are generally 30, 45, 60. So all of that part of the game plan, the sort of time for money part of the being a PT mm. is very much about appointments. So if there's PTs out there thinking they're just going to run a bit of a, a loose operation mm. where people can just rock up at any time to see them, you'll very quickly become sort of a bit annoyed about mm. clients just rocking up any time, cancelling any time. So get really, really stern with a good diary that you like using, whether it's online or it's pen to paper. Mm. And initially in the early days when you don't have any appointments, this is my advice, become addicted to appointments. Actually book in every little thing you think you need to do for the week regardless of the time for money or the clients that are coming to see you. Book in your half hour or your hour that you're going to be making phone calls. Book in your 30 minutes, you're going to follow up everyone that you saw yesterday. Book in the time you're going to meet with your personal training manager to get generate some new leads. Book in some time with another trainer so you can talk about some training techniques. Like Become addicted to appointments and that way everything you do and sort of make decisions for tomorrow and next week We'll always have a time and it'll always be quite firm and it'll be pen to paper. Like Van Wilder said, party liaison, write that down. Write that down. Write down everything. 
don't leave it up to, I'll see you tomorrow, or I'll see you sometime next week. That's not an appointment, mm-hmm. and that's not going to really help you in the long run. When a member says, oh, next time I'm in, we can catch up and you can show me how to you know, perfect that front squat. Don't leave that. Say, well, when are you coming in? Oh, I generally come in the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Great, let me book you in at 6 o'clock on Monday morning for a little half-hour spot, even if it only takes five minutes, because you, the new trainer, you just love appointments. Now, I can't tell people to love appointments. <laughs> I can just give it as advice. It is always take it or leave it, but make an appointment because it allows you then to lock in the appointment, the text message the night before, the text message the follow-up, just that constant kind of online communication direct to the person about something you did. And, you know, that type of sort of business operation with working with clients will turn into business regular, which is PT clients that want to see you at the exact same time every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning. And that's what we really want our PTs to have, a nice solid routine where that diary is pretty much locked in. Well, another thing you talk about is asking a lot of questions. New PTs need to ask a lot of questions. So one of those questions is, can we make an appointment? (laughs) What other questions do they need to be asking? Like before I said, you know, why would you want to tie to the gym? It's so that you can actually connect with members. Why would you want to, you know, how can you sort of develop a champion network so that the receptionists know who you are and they speak really positively about you? The membership consultants, which may be signing up sort of 100 to 200 members a month, they're the ones you want them to be speaking really positively about you. The only way you're going to kind of get that conversation started, you as a new PT, and this is all about being a new PT in the first 30 days, it's just to go up people and ask, ask a question. Can I help you to get that treadmill started? Can I unload those weights for you? Can I give you a spot? How's your training going? Have you had your body fat tested lately? Can I look at your program? Can we write you up a new program? Can the next time you come in to, to work out, can I actually take you through a little 30-minute boxing routine? Can I show you how to you know throw a better punch? All these little things, it's all questions. So be really, really confident and just asking questions, asking questions all the time. Not really sort of having to be that person that's just always scoping out for new information because new information is useless unless you're going to use it. But I want to really think that the new PT can just have a whole library of questions which leads to people saying yes to things. And the questions that we really want to get them towards is, you know, can I see you tomorrow at a certain time? Again, it relates back to appointments. So that's my thing. You don't ask, you don't get and if you walk into a gym as a new trainer and there's 100 people training and you think, geez, I'd love to write some programs for some people. I'd love to be taking some people through some complimentary training session. I'd love to teach that person how to train a little bit better. That looks a little bit unsafe. All these things that you're thinking, useless unless you go and actually ask people. And the question will start off with, my name is Pete. I haven't met your, you. Your name is. <laughs> Just simple questions. Be okay with being someone that a new trainer and people are going, geez, they... Ollie asks ask a lot of questions. <laughs> okay. I'd say pat on the back to Ollie. He's going to do great in this PT career if he can know how to ask questions. Now, who they shouldn't be asking questions to, or maybe not, not asking questions to, but they shouldn't be hanging around talking to their colleagues too much. Yeah, this is a bit of a bugbear of mine. Uh, I'm totally okay with teamwork. I mean, I love that there is a you know, great camaraderie between the trainers and, yeah. and trainers and other members of staff. But it's to be really kind of self-aware of what members would be looking at if that goes on for too long. Now, I want to relate it to sort of another industry, which may be, we probably won't use going to a bar. No, we'll go to a restaurant and you're really eager to place your order and you're looking around for the waiter or waitress and they're chatting. Yeah, five seconds, 10 seconds, you're pretty cool with it. Two minutes, three minutes, you start getting a little bit agitated. Five minutes and they're still talking to each other. 
What are you thinking? You're thinking you're just about to get up and go to another restaurant. Now, our members may just want to know where the collar is for the, they want to do some bench press. They're not quite sure where it is. Well, they want to know where the resistance band is because they want to start to do some warm-ups for their pull-ups. But you see two trainers just talking and talking and talking. <laughs> Five minutes, ten minutes. It's pretty quick way to reduce the likeliness of that member wanting to do any type of business with you. So when you go up to them and say, hey, can I give you a hand with your training? Their response is going to be pretty quickly, no, nah, I'm right, mate. You know, I can see that you're more interested in talking to other members of staff. So it is the perception upon staff chatting with each other. If you're going to have long conversations, especially with your personal training manager or the club manager or someone else, I think sometimes we've just got to do these things behind closed doors. Because when those members are going to that gym and they've got to train regularly, trainers should be, they're busy and they should be on the move all the time mm. and shouldn't be stopping for long conversations with other PTs. Because you're not going to sign up that other PT to be your client, generally. <laughs> but there's about 100 members that are training in the gym. But they are definitely your prospects. Yeah, like red hot in front of you. There's no better market, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so a lot of PTs would probably go towards, I've got to get my website right. I've got to get my social groups right. I've got to get my stories in Insta going. I've got to get my Facebook stories going. I've got to show people how well I can squat and what weight I can do. I'm going to tell you, I'm a bit old school here, just leave that till later. Your first month, don't worry about that. I mean, the online world connects you globally and it's going to connect you, you know, into your community. Absolutely fantastic. But in general, and, you know, I could be talking out of school here, but a club will have one trainer for every 100 members up to maybe one trainer for every 500 members, you know, from the big box clubs to small box, etc. Now, those particular members have already made a pretty darn big decision to join the gym and actually be there on a particular day. That is the golden prospect. I mean, they're pretty close to sort of, you know, seeking out more advice on how to really ramp up their training to get the results. The online world is fantastic. It's more of a long game and it's a really, you know, wide game. So there's going to be people that will, you know, look at your social and look at your website bits and pieces from probably not that applicable to your local area. So, yeah, I say in your first month, you know, remove some of your distractions and even the point where I'm giving advice, deactivate your accounts, delete your apps and be just straight in the moment with the people that are there ready to go. Speak with the new, the consultants. They've got the new members coming through and every single time introduce yourself to them because they are fresh. They're ready to rock and roll. You're a new trainer. You're ready to help. Stick clear of looking into your computer and stay off your phone. Stay off your phone. Leave it in the locker. Don't be seen with your phone. Another thing that you say, and you know, it's probably evident from everything you've been saying so far, is you've just got to be getting out there and you've got to be staying positive. It could be, it could, might be a tough first month because you're not necessarily getting the dollars. You're, it's not about the dollars in the first month. It's about laying the groundwork for the dollars later on in your, in your career for month two, for month three. So how can trainers who are new to the game, working long hours, putting all this effort in, they've got to stay upbeat? Absolutely. The first month, it'll seem like this is the worst industry in the world to work in because everyone's kind of saying no to you and people aren't rocking up to see you. And when you're asked, offering help, you get a bit of a, nah, I'm right, buddy. So we know that there's you know negative thoughts and going on in your mind. The old saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ollie, you look at no, you look slightly wiser than me. Is a rotten apple can spoil the whole barrel, right? So that's one negative thought can ruin the whole barrel. I'm going to tell you in the fitness industry, as a PT and in the club, that's my sort of area that I've worked in for a long time. Is it going to be like ninety rotten apples in the barrel versus maybe ten that are pretty pretty rosy and green? Now that that to me is is a really easy way for you to give up, quit. No, this is all too hard. 
But like, you know, if I had my time again in my first month, I probably wouldn't have, you know, crawled into the corner and cried and think, oh, this is not going to work. If I had about that advice, look, don't worry about it. Like if the nine no's means that 10th one is a yes, then be positive and get ready for that. So you've got to develop a pretty thick skin. There's a lot of rejection in your first month. Absolutely. Yeah. Willpower, thick skin, but just the knowledge that be totally okay with people not wanting to rock up to an appointment that you might have set for them. Be totally okay that when you speak to someone on the floor that they're okay with their training, but, you know, thanks very much anyway. Be totally okay that people don't answer their phone. (laughs) A lot of people don't answer their phone, and that's fine. Be totally okay when you send text messages to really try to set an appointment that you don't even get a response. Now, if it's 90% no, there's a 10% there, yes. And so I say with new PTs, stick at it. It's a numbers game, right? And it will be an avalanche numbers game. In your first, look, first 10 people you speak to, nine no's, but you get one yes, it'll get you in a positive frame. The next 10 people you speak to, I'm going to say it's going to be like an eight no's and a a two yes. And that's sort of the amount of people that will start to say yes to your question, which is, can I book you an appointment? Would you like to do some personal training? Can I write you a new program? These are all questions you want to get a yes to. You know, can I help you? Can I spot you on your next set on the bench press? Yes. You want people to say yes all the time. Okay, so you really do need that sort of yes to start. And it, it will, I mean, I'm not saying you want it to start small. It's going to start small, but you want the yeses to sort of grow and grow and grow. And I love hearing stories of new trainers that are about two months in. And I ask them, I say, what's your prospect to client conversion ratio like? And in other words, if you need a client, how many leads, how many new members, names and numbers would you need to get one client? And I've had the response back, just one. And I go, wow. You're telling me that if I gave you the name and number of a member, just one, you can convert that person to a client. And they're like, absolutely. But unfortunately, I've got no spots in my diary. And that to me, that's the that's the holy grail of well, what we do. problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I look, I had one PT. They were trying to claim that it's the other way around. It's like, you give me one lead, I'll get you two clients. I said, well, and, they, and <laughs> they're arrogant, which I like that. They're like, every single person that I convert in regular PT, I ensure they bring a friend along to the personal training session. I ensure they bring their friend along because it's cheaper for them and it's better for me. And I can walk around going, my conversion ratio is one prospect, two clients. And that's to me, happy days. <laughs> that means we can launch more PT careers in this industry and have more people getting looked after on a regular basis. And that's the aim of the game. Absolutely the aim of the game. There's... I've got no idea how many millions of people in Australia actually have gym membership. We know in just the Good Life brand, it's around the quarter of a million or so, if not more. I'd love to know that they're actually training regularly two to three to four times per week. And actually, they've got a gym membership that does get them fit and healthy and closer towards their goals. The reality of it is not everyone's going to get to the absolute ultimate fitness you know, and lifestyle that they really, really wanted. But hell, if we can just get people moving in that right direction and really avoid the whole, there's a lot of gym members that don't use their gym. If we can avoid that. Well, it's a lot of attrition, and then it's a lot of work replacing those members every time. So there's a bit of a myth sometimes, I think, that the gyms thrive on people signing up and then not coming to, not not, not using their membership. But they're not, they're not the members that gyms really want. <laughs> That's a rubbish myth, <laughs> that, a, that a gym would like all their members to not use the gym. Therefore, we don't have to waste money on cleaning costs and maintenance costs. That is the most rubbish idea I've ever thought. If we can get people using the gym regularly, we can start to sort of hit on what we want to do as gym operators. And in my position, we want people to use the gym regularly. Trainers, I want them to have really good businesses. And if someone says, oh, well, that's because personal training is expensive. So really, is that what you want? You just want to keep you know, taking money off members and for them to do PT? I'm like, absolutely not. 
We do some real sort of survey into people that do PT. They're not wasting money on unhealthy lifestyle. They're not wasting money on unhealthy food, excess alcohol, cigarettes. You think about the how much money would be wasted on things that are taking people away from their health fitness goals. And if they just filtered some of that into their health and sort of made a better investment, yes, it's going to be a $10, $15, $20, $25 type per week membership. PT is going to be $50, $100, dollars per week. All that money, it's there. It's just the moment for these particular people. They're spending it on other things, you know, the shiny cars, all that sort of stuff. You've got to make yourself more attractive than those other things. Absolutely. Well, not yourself more attractive, the outcomes you can provide them more attractive, right? Absolutely. And who are the best people to kind of have that, that stern conversation? Personal trainers. Who are the type of people that have the opportunity to spread their, their knowledge and their passion and enthusiasm than any more than anyone else? New personal trainers. New PTs are absolutely golden for our industry. They are constantly seeking work. They're constantly wanting to give away their time for free because they know that the long game will be the more people they can help, It'll turn into the more people that will help them with their business targets. And that's a, a beautiful relationship to have. It's a win-win-win. That's the gym, that's the PTs, and that's the members as well. Great advice, Pete. Any more words of wisdom for new PTs? Well, I'm not very wise, so nothing wisdom will well, come out that, of this. Pete, but everything you've been saying so far would seem to go against that. Yeah, but you wrote down all my answers, so thanks very much, Ollie. No, look, I mean, we're here at Filex right now, and I've been coming to this this event for the last 15 years. I missed out the first couple of years because I didn't have any money. <laughs> because I was giving away too much of my time for free. <laughs> Look, attend these sort of events, whether it be Filex every year or it's you know getting online to just learn something new through network or another sort of online you know, education source. Or if you've got your group of trainers and they're all attending a particular workshop on the weekend, whether it's CC-based or not, please go and keep learning and invigorating your own knowledge. Don't overload your knowledge all in one weekend. Sometimes I've heard some people saying, over the next five weeks, I'm going to be doing the boxing course, I'm going to do the prenatal course. I'm also doing the CrossFit level one. I was like, whoa, 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 one at a time. Because the beauty of going to a course will lie in you executing that sort of style of training. And as a PT, the wonderful thing is you can go along to a course and then you've got your clients to pretty much practice on and become an absolute expert and guru over the next month or so. And I say, then try to try something else. And if the more you learn, the client retention will go through the roof. I mean, you don't want to work so hard to get clients, to have them get a little bored with their training, a little stale in their fitness and leave you. They'll come up with some sort of excuse like, we're buying a house, so I can't afford my PT anymore. But if you continually educate yourself and come up with brand new ideas, don't get stuck in the whole niche of, oh, I only do that. You know, go and learn something that's against your niche. You know, you want to be a strength and conditioning coach? Go and learn yoga and Pilates, for example. You know, whether it just be some small tricks you can do with your clients. And the more you learn, and the old saying goes, the more you earn. My last words of wisdom will probably be around relating back to the whole tidiness of you. It's check yourself, and it's not just about the mirror. Confide in your friends and your family, probably your friends. Actually, probably your mates that already have a nickname for you, which is already derogatory. Get that mate and say, hey, can you just kind of check my personality? Can you check how I go about my business? You know, how I hold myself in a group, how I hold myself? Because if I'm not aware of, you know, what type of personality I've got with the members, the member will be aware of it. And if I'm finding that I'm speaking to 20 people and I can't get any of them to book in to say, yes, I'd let you update my program, then I've got to say to my mate and say, hey, can you just 
you know, slap me around the head a little bit and tell me what am I doing wrong? Am I coming across too strong? Am I an absolute tool? Am I too quiet? Am I too loud? Check yourself. But sometimes it's very hard to check yourself. You know, feedback is absolute breakfast for champions in this area. And as a new PT goes, your gym managers, PT managers, other trainers, everyone's so encouraging. I sometimes say, go up and find someone that is a little discouraging and they can check you a little bit. And that to me is, you know, everyone say, well, personal trainers, the great personal trainers are the ones with the great personality. So it's not personal training anymore. It's personality trainer. And if you've got the right personality, then people want to be around you. They'll like and trust you and vice versa. When it comes time to ask the question, can I train you three times a week? It's going to cost X amount. They already like and trust you. They trust you to say, whatever you say, whatever you say, Ollie, I'm just, you know, putty to you. I'll, yeah, whatever you want yes, me to do, to I'll do it. <laughs> Last but not least, I know you're running out of time, but please, and it goes back to one other one, just push yourself. Every single time you find your motivation slipping, you are the king of motivation. You're a personal trainer. You've got to find a way to push yourself. And this is not, you know, lift a heavier weight or run fast or run longer or do all those sort of like fitness-based push yourself. I bet you're pretty good at that already. But push yourself mentally. You know, push yourself to, to, to remove Netflix, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Push yourself. When the moment is like, oh, I'm exhausted, I know you're exhausted. In your first month, up to a year and then some, you will get exhausted. Push yourself. And it comes time to go to bed. You might be thinking, oh, I just want to do this, this, and this. No, no, no. Get yourself to bed because tomorrow's going to be a huge day. And that's going to be sort of that whole willpower piece that is should be part of what you're going to be doing with your clients. You will be your own client. So you're a new personal trainer. You're first and foremost, you're the personal trainer of you, the brand new PT. So be that head coach of your own business, your own shop, and push yourself. So push almost to the limit because in that first month, there's not a lot of burnout going on. So you've actually may as well abuse that. And then you see some great results in months two, three, four, and then you can be that PT that's telling us how it's all done and over and over again. And as I said before, more people doing PT, fantastic. Healthier Australia, stop the increase in obesity. Please, God, can we do it right now? Hey, thank you so much for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. If people want to find out anything more about you and your work, where can they go? They can just email pete.gleason at goodlife.com.au. I work for the brand and I'm there nearly 24-7. I don't have a lot of blogs going on left, right and centre. There's no ulterior motive to what I do. I just really do want to sort of link that there are people getting certified as trainers. We've got great opportunities in all of our 85 clubs for them to learn from some really quality trainers, some quality fitness directors. And as I said before, our regional fitness directors are absolutely fantastic. So there's a hell of a lot of support that happens in Good Life. And if it's not me they contact, then just hit up the website, goodlife.com.au. There's a inquire about being a personal trainer. There is, for those people that might be listening along and not quite certified, we've got around 30 RTOs within our clubs. There's a study with us, and that's all in the goodlife.com.au website. For me, if we can get some more people actually be PTs and successful PTs at that, then happy days. Pete, thanks again. No worries. Thank you. My pleasure. To grow the success of your fitness business, learn from the industry experts in Network's online business skills courses accredited for CECs and other continuing education points. Go to the network website, select the courses tab and click on business.
Network members save up to 30% on courses. So head to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar at filex.com.au.